Welcome back to the Lolly Carter NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with my friend and co-host, Dale Lolly. Dale, we got an exciting show today. We're getting closer and closer. We're less than three weeks away from the start of the NFL Draft. And uh, man, it's, it continues to heat up trade talk and what everyone's going to do. Even more people are putting out their mock drafts. I think you got your sixth up going up today, actually, on Saturday. Yeah, and, and you know, it's that we're, we're just uh, three weeks out, uh, actually less than three weeks out, so why not? Uh, and, you know, it's it's uh, that time of year, and uh, you got to keep uh, keep on top of this stuff. Absolutely, you you definitely do because this is the this is the nitty gritty time. This is when everyone wants to talk about it. Um, but Dale, you got to got to talk to Lance Zerline. It there are some interesting things that he had perspective on for what the Steelers should do with the 24th overall pick. You know, we got people talking about, you know, trading up, trading down, staying where they are, getting a running back, getting a center, all these other things. When you got the, when you had your conversation with Lance, how did that go? Um, you know, I asked him flat out. I said, Hey, what, uh, put your, put your Steelers GM hat on and what player would you, or what would you be looking at at number 24? And he said, look, I would probably take, one of the top four linebackers um, and, and go with that because, you know, that's where the value is at at 24. Obviously there's some need there for the Steelers and those top four linebackers are, are uh, Micah Parsons. Uh, then you're looking at uh, Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa. Mm-hmm. Um, then you're looking at, uh, you know, Jamin Davis and Zayvon Collins. And to me of that group, the only one that I would might not be interested in, is Owosu Koromoa. Right. Uh, because you'd be awfully undersized at the mm-hmm. inside linebacker position if you go that route, because you've already got Devin Bush, you know, who's a, a five foot 10, 230, you know, five pound linebacker. Uh, Koromoa comes in around 220. At least that's what he was at his pro day. I'm guessing, uh, at least from what I've heard, he played lighter than that at Notre Dame last year. You'd be awfully light at the inside linebacker position. You'd be really fast, but you'd right. also be really light. And that, and that could be a major weakness. Um, also, I'm pretty sure all of Pittsburgh just collectively groaned like, oh, another linebacker. But, Dale, picking a linebacker is not a bad thing. It's it, Having two guys in the middle of your defense that can line up next to each other, stuff the run, and cover the pass, it does a lot. I mean, heck, we saw it with the Buccaneers with Devin White and Levante David. The asset that it the assets that it brings to your defense to know, hey, you know what? I don't have to spend Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick and or Minka Fitzpatrick going down to help these guys because they've got both if the other team runs the ball or if the other team passes the ball or calls play action. They've got it handled. And, you know, you named you made some interesting guys here. Jameen Davis has has skyrocketed up everyone's uh, boards because he tested extremely well at his pro day. And people are starting to say, OK, yeah, that guy has the size, the strength and the, and the speed to play at the at the high level. Um, but Zayvon Collins is one you've mocked him to the Steelers before. Um, I've done it in like other mock drafts where I'm just experimenting. I, I like the idea of putting him next to Devin Bush and, and using their strengths together on defense. Yeah, uh, I think what you want to do with that position is, you know, you'd like to have somebody that, that, you know, molds well with what, what you already have in Bush and with Bush, you've got a, you know, a speedy coverage guy. Davis can cover uh, as can Zayvon Collins and they both give you more size, you know, same thing with Parsons. Uh, So you get, you know, you know, I look at this, let's say, for example, the Bengals take Kyle Pitts uh, with the number five pick. Well, Kyle Pitts is going to be a matchup problem for you. Yes. 
Um, you know, and, and a lot of big tight ends are going to be that kind of matchup problem for you. Well, if you go get a guy like a Jamin Davis, who, you know, can run with a, with, with pits, um, you know, and he's, you know, also six, four, uh, that, that covers that up a little bit better. And so that, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think I think it makes a lot of sense too. You'd cover a need, and here's the other thing. Again, we're talking about trying to figure to plug holes on defense. You know, some people think it's simply it's as simple as getting another slot cornerback to take Mike Hilton's plate, or getting another guy. It's not just about that. It's reallocating your resources and building strengths up where you didn't have strength before. And Vince Williams, as 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 much as he was beloved by Steeler Nation, as many fun plays as he was a part of, and people liked his personality, he wasn't the do it all linebacker. He was really good playing downhill going after the quarterback, taking on blockers. But when you put him in coverage, he can make plays occasionally, but that's where he was susceptible to getting picked on by other teams, and it puts you at a liability. Um, getting one of these guys certainly helps with that. I, I wanted to ask your opinion on this, Dale. I've, you know, I've, I've heard people talk about Micah Parsons' red flags because he's, you know, he's gotten into fights. He's had some things here. He opted out on the season, and people, some people don't like you know, think moments in, uh, in his collegiate career. Yeah, and Lance had, had talked problems. about that, too, and, and the, the off-the-field stuff really stems from the hazing uh, yeah. incident at, at Penn State. Yeah. That's really what, what teams are concerned about with him, and Lance is pretty locked in. He, t- he talks to a lot of different uh, teams, uh, scouts, guys, will, you know, coaches will call him from around the league. Uh, because obviously his his dad was a longtime coach in the league, including for the Steelers. Right. Um, you know, so he gets, you know, they'll they'll call and ask him some stuff. And that's the concern with Parsons is is the is the the hazing incident that happened at Penn State. Is this something that's going to be an issue for him? Is this something that's going to, you know, when he's drafted, people are gonna write about this and how bad was it? Uh, we don't know. Um, you know, that's that's the big thing here. So uh, obviously a fabulous football player, um, you know, and at some point I'm sure somebody will take him in the first round. It's, you know, he, he did say, you know, that how the, uh, he, he asked his dad how the, the character stuff works within the Steelers uh, draft room. And he said, you know, the, the Roonies are brought in and the coaching staff and, and, and the scouts are asked, okay, what's the, what's the character issue? And then the Roonies will say, Okay, we can live with that, or no, that's we can't touch that. And once they, if they say that they can't touch it, it doesn't doesn't mean they just can't touch him in that round. He's off the board, completely, completely. Wow! Like if you know, there's no well, you know, we wouldn't take him in the fourth round because of this character concern. Or, you know, we wouldn't take him in the first round because of this character concern. But in the fourth round, yeah, we'll take that guy. Doesn't work that way. Mm. I mean, I mean, it makes sense. I remember when uh, Tyron Matthew was in that situation and he was even around, I think in like with a compensatory draft or whatever the, the secondary draft is. And he, he, uh, he was a guy that, you know, people were saying, a lot of people in the NFL were saying, go get this guy, go get this guy who were a little edgy about where do you think Michael Parsons falls because of that? Does he fall to 24 and does he? No, no, okay. I don't think, I don't think he falls that far. And I mean, I, I, again, I don't know what the, the what the hazing situation was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was bad enough that a player transferred out of there. Right. Um, you know, I, I also know that he punched, uh, there was rumor or there's report that he punched a teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that these are things that are going to have to be vetted. And, and this year, more than any other year, you're not going to have as much information on a lot of this stuff. I mean, Micah Parsons opted out last yeah. season. So who are you asking about him? I, are you going to the Penn State coaching staff and saying, okay, what's this guy like? Well, I don't know. We haven't been around him in the last year and a half. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. it, it, it's a little bit different. Um, 
you know, in a lot of those situations, you, you maybe you wouldn't even talk to the coaching staff. Maybe you're talking to the training staff or you're talking to the janitor, whoever, you know, what, what's this guy treat people like those kind of things. I, I agree that those are, those are things to put into consideration. Uh, and like you said, you know, cause you get, you, you want to draft for character as well as talent because then you end up getting a guy who's off your roster pretty quickly because they made dumb decisions. Um, I believe it was what Isaiah Wilson is the, is the, is the tackle he's out of the NFL. Yeah. He's out of the NFL First round I mean, pick last year. And he was given a second chance this free agency and he just didn't show up at his thing. Like, you know, imagine, Imagine being the Steelers, like, right, like, people would be lighting pitchforks and torches. Well, I guess you wouldn't light a pitchfork, but they'd be lighting torches and bringing pitchforks uh, to the Steelers' office saying, you you got, you lost the first round pick in one year? One year? And see, that that's where I, I always tell people to pump the brakes. You know, I, I wrote a draft piece and someone was saying, like, uh, the Steelers, what about Jarvis Jones and Artie Burns? Like, those picks were literally five and eight years ago, and people still bring them up as if the Steelers haven't drafted Terrell Edmonds and T. DJ Watt, Chase Claypool, and all these other guys in the earlier rounds. Um, but they, I don't know the last time that you've even seen something like that from the Steelers organization. And that's because they take character into account. Yeah. And those guys were not bad character guys. You know, they, they exactly. were solid citizens and they just didn't work out as players. Um, you know, it, it happens to every team. You can look in every team drafts over the last you know however many years whatever whatever however many years you want to pick there are misses on every team's docket absolutely hey that's that's the reason i didn't make it to the nfl dale i was a bad character guy no one wanted me because they were like i have no doubt about that he's a great athlete but we can't have him on our team i I do have doubts about that you were a bad character guy and a bad athlete (laughs) the double whammy it's like it's like there's two x's on your profile We're going to keep talking about the draft and more from uh, from, uh, Dale's talk with Lance Zerling. We're going to take a quick break and talk to our sponsors right after this. Back here on the Lolly Carter NFL Draft podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly. Now, Dale, I want to get your sense from Lance, your talk with Lance about the the Steelers running back situation because you and I have been talking about which running back they're going to get. You know, I wrote a lot this past week on Carter's Classroom and other things about who the top running backs are and why it's important to get one of them. What was Lance's read on that? Yeah, uh, his exact quote it was um, – he said, you've got slow guys. <laughs> they have, t- they have too many slow guys. And I wasn't that big on the guy they got last year from Maryland. Uh, these three guys being Najee Harris, ATN and Javante Williams are studs. That's mm-hmm. who he's talking about. All three of the ones we talked about, and it's a big drop off to number four, yeah. which is what we've been saying all along. Like if you don't get one of those top three guys, you are not getting an every down running back you're essentially you're doing what you did the last four years you're just adding another you're just throwing more slop against the wall and hoping that it works out yeah and it's just and i get i get trying that while you were doing other things but it's like all right you've tried that four times now and it just hasn't stuck it's time to make the investment i mean james connor was has been a good yeah has been a good running back yeah uh he made a pro bowl he just can't stay healthy 
He can't. And I think that's the biggest thing is that they, you can't you can't rely on a guy who, who hasn't played a full season, um, even when he's had good seasons, even years when he wasn't a pro bowl, he'd be on a roll and then he'd get hurt. And then you'd be like, well, so much for that. We got to start Jalen. I mean, I, I was looking over games uh, that BJ Finney started and I completely forgot about one of the games last or two, last year, 2019, when the Steelers started Jalen Samuels and then had to go to Trey Edmonds because of how beat up they were at running back. You know, that's, you know, you want to be in a situation when you have a guy that can take over a game and they haven't had that at the running back position in a very long time. Well, not a very long time since late, really late on bell, but that's where I, I agree with Lance Lance's assessment, because it's what I've been saying for, for a long time too. You need one of those top three dudes. They're the, they're the surefire. You get any one of those guys, you put them in a, in, in a decent offense like the Steelers had, uh, you know, you know, in other places, I think that they flourish and I they flourish click quickly in this offense. Yeah. And, you know, look, he said, um, you know, Najee Harris, ATN and Javante Williams can make the Steelers running game so much better. I don't care who's up front. Yeah. It's the same thing that I heard from Greg Cosell when I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, the running back makes the running game and it's much, it's a much easier fix. Everybody who's saying, well, you got to fix the offensive line first. This isn't 1970. Right. Okay. A great running back, a dynamic running back makes you a better team, period. Couldn't, can they upgrade the, the, the offensive line? Absolutely. And I'm not saying that they can't do that, but that's not a one-year thing. That's mm-hmm. not a one-year fix. Right. You can be average at running back or at, on your offensive line. You can be average, league mm-hmm. average, and win the Super Bowl. The Steelers have done it. Yep. You can be below league. That's one, that 2008 offensive line was not a good one. Yeah, they were they were way, they were way below average that year. And yet they won the Super Bowl mm-hmm. because they could run the football and they had a they had a dynamic quarterback and a great defense. Yep. Well, you know, I mean if you you know, you look at again, uh, you know, people are raving about the the uh the Tampa Bay offensive line. That's not a great offensive line. Yeah. The Chiefs' offensive line is not a great offensive line. Now we're talking about the last two Super Bowl winners. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody said before those two seasons started. Yeah, well, you know, the Chiefs have top ten offensive line, or Tampa Bay has a top ten offensive line. No, these were just guys, but the running backs made them better, uh, or the quarterback made them better. In this situation, a great running back gives you a running game. The Minnesota Vikings have a sloppy off. It's just like a, a pig slop offensive line, but, but they have they a great Dalvin cook. They've got Dalvin cook. Who's a dynamic runner makes him a better offensive line. Now I, I was, it was funny. I was just doing these numbers for my, my, my BJ Finney piece where he was talking about, you know, rebounding. And I was showing like, Hey, the numbers actually were pretty good. Even when, when BJ, BJ Finney was part of the Steelers offense. But one thing I noted was, in the you know, with BG Finney at center, the Steelers averaged 125.2 rushing yards per game. But when you broke down of the games that Le'Veon Bell started, they averaged 172 rushing yards per game versus 96 yards per game without him starting. Again, some a lot of people wanted to say, Oh, Le'Veon Bell was just good because of the Steelers' offensive line. Uh, that wasn't the case, he was a playmaker out the backfield, and that's what, what we keep saying is if you get a Najee Harris, the way that he makes people miss, the way that he can keep a play going and move the pile. When you get a Travis ATN who does that and also hits you, that gives you that home run speeder, Javante Williams, who's a bowling ball and goes right through people, and, and you know, people compare him to Nick Chubb, those type of players make offenses. 
Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's all about the players and the playmakers. And I don't care, you know, again, to Lance's point, you've got slow guys in Pittsburgh. <laughs> you got slow guys. That's yeah. what you got. That's yeah. who the Steelers have drafted. And, and maybe those guys, maybe you like that big power back, but they are slow. Right. You know, they're just, they're just not NFL caliber running backs. I'm sorry. They're not uh, all the Benny Snell lovers out there where, if there are any left, I'm sorry. He's not, he's not a premier. He's not a feature running back in the NFL. I know that, 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 you know, uh, Jalen Samuels is, you can't learn to play the running back position at the NFL level. No. And that's what, that's what he's trying to do here. He's, he's just not a running back. So uh, if I'm the Steelers, I have to get one of those top three running backs and I don't care how you do it. If it has to be in the first round, it's got to be in the first round. Ideally you'd like to trade back. Mm Mm-hmm but maybe that doesn't materialize, you know, in the course of this, um, you know, or if you have to, if you do happen to take one of those linebackers, as we talked about in the previous segment at 24, then you better be prepared to trade up in the second round to make sure that you get one of those running backs. Yeah. Cause it's very possible, you know, that, that they'll all be gone by 55. When you look at some of the teams that need running backs this year, I mean, heck, you know, there's talk that Steelers might not be able to get Najee Harris in the first round, if Miami or someone takes him, you know, before, before the 24th pick comes up and then you come back around to 55, people are going to be looking at, okay, I can use ATN as a, as a, as a, as a fast back. I can use Javante Williams as, as my feature back, you know, you get to 55, then you're sitting there. Uh, okay. Do we go with Michael Carter? Then you don't have one, right? You don't yeah, have one. And then, you're, and then you're just SOL and you can't afford that anymore, especially with the way this offense is built right now I, I agree with you even if bj finney's your starter at center and everyone on this offensive line is the same going to next year's draft you give you give them a a, a a real one of these top three running backs they're able to run the ball they won't be top 10 in the league but they'll be at least to the middle of the league which if you give like say you give last year's steelers passing offense a decent run game they're so much better because ben roethlisberger doesn't have to rely on on, on so many dinks and dunks to win on third and one and here's and one the thing year. I keep hearing this argument, and it is a false one. Okay. That, that that Ben Roethlisberger will not run the football. That's this is all on Ben. Here's the thing: two years or three years ago, when he had Le'Veon Bell, they ran, ran the, the they ran the hell out of the ball. <laughs> they haven't run the ball since in the two years that Roethlisberger's been the starting quarterback. The two full years, they haven't run the ball much. Why do you think that, that is? Because he doesn't trust the running backs. Right. Because they stink. <laughs> It's a better option for him to throw the football. When they had Le'Veon Bell, look at the look at the the second half of the twenty uh, the what was it the twenty sixteen season? Yeah, they ran the hell out of the ball. It was choo choo. I mean, they was just giving it to him. And, he and was it, averaging thirty yeah. touches a game out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. And quite a few of those BJ Finney games I was talking about where Le'Veon was going off. That was it was because Le'Veon. I mean, two hundred and forty yards against the Bills. My goodness, you know, over two hundred yards against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Ben is happy handing the ball off. If he knows he's got a play, he trusts the back. You got to right. trust the back. Right. And you, you can't trust a back. Whereas again, James Conner, fine teammate, fine running back, but not a dynamic playmaker. You know, he, and again, it's how the offense works. It's why, it's, you know, when people say, why is Ben forcing it to Antonio Brown? Because he's Antonio Brown. It's the same thing with the running back position. When you know, you got a superstar, you're going to feed the superstar and you're not going to try and just, force it away from him just because oh we don't want to no you get him the ball and that's a big reason why the Steelers need that back so again I agree with man Lance Erla I mean that guy's smart (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about because he agrees with me. That's how that works. <laughs> but uh, but Dale, thanks for thanks for your for for taking the time to be on the show. Of course, as always. Um, thanks for you for listening. Hey, Dale's got got his piece on what Lance Ryan said exactly. Read more about that on DKPittsburghSports.com as well as all of our NFL draft content. We've been cranking it out all week long, and we will continue until draft day, which is less than three weeks away. From Chris Carter and Dale Lolly, thanks for listening to DK Sports Radio and the Lolly Carter NFL Draft Podcast. Remember, rate us five stars, leave us a positive comment. Those things really help out our network. And stay tuned. We got a lot more on DK Sports Radio coming up. <laughs>